Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hi! Welcome back into the Force to Punt podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. Thank you guys for joining us. Each and every week as we try to navigate the fantasy landscape, we try to manage all the injuries and try to help you get set up for success in your fantasy lineup in what has been a uh, a pretty injury-plagued fantasy season, a pretty devastating season for me in a lot of my leagues. But uh, I'm joined, as I am each and every week, by my guy Dusty Likens, who held it down last week. Dusty, how we doing? How's the squads doing? How's the injuries? How you holding up? It's been uh, it's been quite the rough year, uh, you know. Obviously, on one of my squads, I do have uh, Christian McCaffrey, so that's been some news that's had my attention of late. But you know, it just seems like I don't know I don't know if it's me, but it feels like I'm already in week like 14 or 13 of fantasy football, where like every week it gets down to like 11:45 a.m. Central Time, and I'm like, okay, I got to figure out a matchup real quick that just can win and instead of I should be comfortable there's not a lot of buys yet but instead there's been all these injuries and COVID and misplaced games and surprises and it's just like I just feel weathered and it's week five yeah I'm managing in all of my leagues I have had injuries like crazy I had Saquon Barkley everywhere. I had, uh, yeah, I had Dak almost (laughs) everywhere because I thought Dak could be the number one scoring fantasy quarterback. And that's really hurt. Um, (laughs) In one league, I have Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, but Russell Wilson is on by this upcoming week. And Dak Prescott's likely done for the year, although the Cowboys haven't officially made that. Uh, a sure thing, but it seems like he would be done for the year. I don't I don't think he's going to come back this season. And so I didn't have a starting quarterback in that league for, for this week. I, I had zero options, so I traded T.Y. Hilton for Ryan Fitzpatrick last night because it's a deep dynasty league, and the only quarterback that might start or that is starting this week that was on the waiver wire was Joe Flacco. 
Well, you saw what Fitzpatrick did last week against the Niners, man. That guy lit it up. Oh. He's uh, he's playing the Jets Fitz- this week. He's got a great matchup. That's why I traded yeah. T.Y. Hilton for him. Fitzpatrick is such a fantastic story because last year he squashed the Patriots' hopes and uh, gave uh, the Chiefs the the second seed. And then now he's just like, I'm not going to let them try to put Tua in the football game. Like, I'm just going to play to where this rookie can't get in. And he's been playing, like, pretty well. So it's actually not a bad trade because T.Y. Helton has definitely shown the the age in the end of his career. Yeah, and that's why in that particular league, like, the only reason my team is good right now is because – and I have Christian McCaffrey in that league too, so it's hurt me that he's Mm – been down but i have am absolutely loaded at wide receiver i've got calvin ridley Allen robinson tyree kill like my wide receivers are absolutely stacked and so i didn't need ty hilton every single week and ty hilton's been absolutely awful so i wasn't starting him anyway so it it's a fine trade for me i get ryan fitzpatrick who's a perfectly fine spot start this week uh i know you get weary of fitzmagic because he has the ups and downs but when you're dealing with the injuries that that team is dealing with this season, I'll take Fitzmagic over Joe Flacco every day of the week. Yeah, I would never plug Joe Flacco in a fantasy lineup of mine. That guy is a statue. He's going to get sacked seven times, and he's going to throw at least two interceptions. So there is some interesting injury news that, we, that we're going to get to here in a few minutes, but I uh, want to run through the uh, – First Tuesday night football game that I can remember. I know that it's happened in my lifetime, but it's the only one that I really recall actually sitting down and watching is the uh, Bills and Titans. The Titans absolutely dominated the Bills last night. Um, I don't think from uh, just like an NFL power rankings perspective, I don't think you can really read that much into this game. The Bills didn't have Tredavious White. They were injured. Everything that they've been dealing with with their schedule because – uh, the Titans are douchebags and apparently aren't taking yeah. the pandemic seriously at all, which which Ryan Tannehill and Taylor Luan made apparent last night uh, that they're, you know, they're inconveniencing all of these other teams that they're playing because they can't just listen to the protocols and do what they're supposed to do. And Mike Vrabel's apparently not taking it very seriously. So it kind of screwed the Bills over in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Josh Allen's still going to be your weekly starting quarterback. He's still a stud, even though he struggled a little bit last night. Uh, The Bills' run game hasn't been good all season, and so they weren't particularly good last night. And, you know, Devin Singletary's the guy for now, but he hasn't been overly productive. And and Stephon Diggs still had a good game, and he's been a stud all year. So as far as the Bills go, like, nothing changed much in fantasy last night. No, the thing is, is that I was kind of talking to Jay Binkley about this, but the thing that's interesting is that with all this COVID protocol, the home team has such a huge advantage. Like Tennessee was just at home for like two weeks and didn't have to go anywhere. And yeah, they weren't supposed to practice. They did. Um, the Bills, who had no idea who they were playing, whether they were playing the Tennessee Titans, who lost in the AFC Championship game last year, or playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who won the AFC Championship game last year. So I get that they looked a little flat and a little out of place because they had to travel. They didn't know what was going on. And then, like you said, you could tell that Tennessee was just kind of MF in it, middle finger to the world about what they thought about the whole thing. And yeah, I just think that, that you can't really look into the performances because Josh Allen still had two touchdowns, even though he threw two interceptions, you know, the bills in general were just in a rough spot last night, but I mean, I think it's safe to say that AJ Brown's officially back. 
Yeah, and A.J. Brown, it's his you know first game in a few weeks. Uh, he's been dealing with injury, and he looked like the guy that you were drafting on your fantasy teams last night. Like I, I've got him in our guillotine league, and I'm stacked yep. at wide receiver in that league. I'm a little worried about my quarterback situation. I had Dak Prescott, and I have Cam Newton, so if Cam Newton doesn't pass the COVID protocols this week, I might not have a quarterback. But oh, no. I haven't started A.J. Brown at all so far this season because when he did play, he didn't look healthy at all. And then he got re-injured in that game, and so he's been out. But last night, he finally looked like, you know, we were drafting him as a number one wide receiver, and he looked like that last night. He looks like a superstar caliber wide receiver. Like, him and D.K. Metcalf, same draft class, same college team. Like, they both look like legitimate top ten fantasy wide receivers. And I think that's how you should treat A.J. Brown moving forward. Yeah, and it makes another thing that kind of it, it does is it's weird, right? Because other than the fact that Derrick Henry put uh, Terrence Newman in a coffin last night, it he like it's weird that like the receiver makes that team so much better because then Tannehill had more confidence because he knew his big guy was out there. You can't really judge if they're going to pass or run most of the time, even though they're going to run 60, 40, maybe even like 65, 30 or 45. But like the thing about it is that like with Brown on the field and Brown being healthy, he makes Tannehill better and he makes Derrick Henry better, which makes that team better. And I'm like you, he's a top 10 solid receiver. And it's just crazy to me that him and DK played at the same college, same time. Yeah. And you know, Johnu Smith has been an absolute monster all year. So in yeah. uh tight end landscape that I, I feel like we do this every year where we're like, there's 15 breakout tight end candidates. And then every year there's like four viable weekly starting tight ends that you absolutely have to have in your lineup each and every week. And Johnu Smith's one of those guys. Like it's, it's him, Waller, Kelsey and Kittle. If, if Kittle's healthy, like, like that's, those are like the four guys right now that you need in your lineup each and I'd every week. I put Andrews week. in there. Yeah, but he's he's been really up and down. Like he's been when he's hit, he's been he's been loud and he's hit hard. But when he doesn't, then it's like you know one catch for seventeen yards. Like he he he's just been he's had he's had some quiet games and I, and I think that's that has more to do with the Ravens kind of game scripts. Like you know, aside from the Chiefs games, the the Ravens defense has looked dominant and they haven't had to throw the ball a lot. And so we get in these games where the Ravens are still putting up points, but they're not throwing a ton. And Lamar Jackson's not putting up anything close to the numbers that he was putting up last season. Mark Andrews isn't getting anything close to the, uh, to the, the volume because they're not passing as much. And then they've got this three running back committee that is canceling out every running back on the team. Like the Ravens, I mean, Mark, you have to start Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews every week, but the Ravens, other than that, you're not, you're not starting any of those guys on any given week. Yeah, he ruined, they, uh, they've officially ruined my Josh Dobbins pick in theory that he would be a solid fantasy piece. JK. Yeah. Yeah. I'm screwed. Yeah, no. And I, I still have JK Dobbins in multiple fantasy leagues and you know, one of them's a dynasty league. So obviously I'm keeping him there. And one of them's a, a regular season long league. At this point, I'm just keeping J.K. Dobbins out of principle. Like, my, my team yeah. has suffered catastrophic injuries in that league, and I'm not going anywhere this season. I've, I've already decided that. I've already succumbed to that idea that, like, all I can do is try to play the matchups each and every week and try to win my games. 
I'm not a playoff caliber team, and even if I somehow made it into the playoffs just playing the matchups, I'm not going to win anything this year in that fantasy football league. But I had so much faith in J.K. Dobbins, I'm not giving him to anybody else. He's staying on my roster for the rest of the year. I don't care if he doesn't score at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just out of spite now, and it's just out of the fear of the injury bug. I'm with you on that. I don't, I'm don't. i not as much as, like, uh, I don't know if you want to call it the terminology butthurt about it, but, like, it's more so, like, I'm just terrified if I lose another running back or if I get injured or something that I don't have anybody. And then there is obviously the silver lining that, you know, maybe a situation arises where they figure out that he's the guy and he just starts to, you know, blow up in week seven and moving forward, he just takes off. I hope so. I I still think that he's the most talented running back on that roster. Uh, But it's uh, the the Ravens, their defense has been so good and the schedule has been kind of light aside from the chiefs games. Like they, they're, they're going to have to try to get that offensive going because I still think the Ravens are one of the three best teams in the NFL right now, but they aren't doing anything on a given week that makes you think like, oh, that team's going to go win the Super Bowl. But that's, you know, it's early in the season, and that Chiefs game is the one outlier in their performance so far. So, I don't know. We'll see. I I hope Dobbins gets more involved because I think he's clearly the most talented running back on that roster. But uh, some injury news. Uh, It sounds like Drew Locke is a full participant in practice for the Denver Broncos today. And uh, speaking with reporters, he was he was acting as if he's planning on starting this week for the Denver Broncos. Dusty, I know you were a big Drew Locke guy headed into the season. We had uh, we had high hopes for this Denver Broncos offense, but you know Phil Lindsay's been hurt. Cortland Sutton's down for the year. Noah Fant's hurt now. He's questionable this week. Um, I still don't you know I, I don't think you can start Drew Locke or anything like that. But he might be a guy that you pick up and stash on your bench. And they're playing the Patriots this week. Like the Patriots, there's a chance they could still be without Stephon Gilmore, but I still think the Patriots are just overall a, a better coach team, a more talented team, especially if they have Cam Newton back. Yeah, I think with Drew Locke, I think he's just one of those guys that maybe you had Dak Prescott on your team or, you know, you have uh, a bye coming up in a couple of weeks with your quarterback and you need to, you know, have somebody to fill in for that spot. Or, you know, your league's really deep and you don't have anybody to replace Russell Wilson this week. And, You've got to play, uh, you know, the next man up. But it's interesting when it comes to uh, Drew Locke because it was that shoulder injury. So you want to – it is one of those things where it, it seems more – it seems more likely that you would you would pick him up, stash him, sit back, and look at him because the other thing that, that really stinks about him is like you just mentioned, like all his targets are gone. Even Melvin Gordon uh, just had some trouble with the law uh, with a DUI the other morning, so we're still awaiting what their team discipline is going to be for that. There's so a there's a rumor going around they might make him sit this week because they're mad at him. Okay, yeah. Well, um, either way, look at it as probably like seventy thirty that they're going to sit him this week. Because you know you have to make an example, and missing a football game is, I guess, enough. But no Sutton fans always, you know, this year been in and out. Um, but it's also kind of gives you that theory that he could just, I mean, by stashing him, you'll see what he can do, and maybe his shoulder is fine, and maybe he'll go out there and you know, start slinging it like Drew Locke can do that. And if he does, you know, more power to him, but definitely in the, in the boat of sit stash. And, you know, if you get lucky, like I did with Justin Herbert and picked him up two weeks ago, and now he's just on my bench because I have Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, that's a lucky situation and Drew Locke can be in the same situation as that. I'm not saying he can be 303 touchdowns every week, but it could happen in this league. That is a pass driven spread offense type of league now. 
And Dalvin Cook obviously left last week's Vikings game with an injury. Uh, there was some speculation uh, the last couple of days that if he's not ready to go, they've got a bye in week seven. They may just sit him this week to try to get him healthy before their bye week and make sure he's good to go post-bye for the uh, stretch run down the back half of the season. But then Mike Zimmer said today that they're going to prepare as if Dalvin Cook's going to be available. He's listed as day-to-day right now. Dalvin Cook saying he feels better. He thinks he's going to be able be able to go. They've got a great matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, if there's any chance of Dalvin Cook playing, you can't bench him. He, he's got to be in your lineup. But even if he does go, I'm still going to play Alexander Madison this week because, you know, uh, if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, a lot of you are smart enough to draft Alexander Madison because we one thing we know about Dalvin Cook is that he's an incredible running back, but he's just not going to play all 16 games. He He's never done it. He's never come close to it. Uh, but when he's in there, he's one of the five best running backs in the NFL. But Alexander Madison's a really talented handcuff. And I think that, you know, there is something to the idea whether or not they have him play. They're still trying to win games. They're still a team that's, you know, not necessarily out of it. So they still want to win. I think there could be a chance here where it's more of an even split just because he's not 100% healthy, If it, especially if it's going up to, like, game time and he's a game time decision. I think I'd still play both of them as long as – if Cook does go, I think I'm still putting Alexander Madison in my lineup this week. Yeah, I mean, I think it was probably episode two we were talking about that. If there was one matchup uh, or if there was one backfield that you would handcuff, it was this one. So I'm with you. I would have – you know, my RB, you know, two or whatever, RB one, Dalvin Cook, and I did, I'd put Madison in my flex. And, you know, worst case scenario is Dalvin Cook gets hurt or re-aggravates something, goes out in the first, and you only get about two or three points from him. But best case scenario is you had Madison in there too, or I guess that's still worst case scenario. And then best case scenario is they split the targets and they both put up, you know, 15, 16 points. And then you're sitting there with, you know, 32, 33 points because you played a good handcuff. That's what this two combo can be. Because, again, I don't really know if Mike Zimmer honestly does know what's going on in Minnesota. But I do know that they run that offense basically around Dalvin Cook and their running scheme because that's what gets Adam Thielen open. And if it's not Adam Thielen, it's Dalvin Cook or Madison. So I would I would definitely play them both if I had them. And you should have them both because Steven Serta and Dusty Likens told you that's what you should have done. Yes, absolutely. Um, and as far as the Vikings pass catchers go, like I'm starting Kirk Cousins in this game. Uh, I'm starting Adam Thielen as long as he's good to go. And I'm starting Justin Jefferson. Like Justin Jefferson oh, yeah, yeah. is just – Justin Jefferson's just insanely talented. He's going to be a really, really good wide receiver. And I think he he's playing himself into a uh, potential weekly starter candidate as long as he's got a good matchup. And it's a very good matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, he's uh, – I mean, I forget what the other guy's name is that was at LSU with him that optioned out this year. He's a stud too. But, yeah, Jefferson uh, – Jamar Chase. Yeah, and he's going to be a stud too. I mean, the fact that both those guys played on the same team is like that DK Brown, that yeah. Jarvis Landry Odell. But, like – Jamar Chase was better than Justin Jefferson last year yeah. in college, and they were both unbelievable. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's insane. So, next year's fantasy draft, remember that name, Jamar Chase. But – yeah, I'm with you. I think that you should start J- uh, Justin Jefferson. He's been he's been hitting the ground running. It's also helped that Adam Thielen's on that other side. So as long as Adam Thielen's on the field and healthy, I think you have to start Jefferson. If Jefferson's obviously the only guy out there, you would still start him, but don't expect the numbers to rise because he's done well being the number two receiver out there. And that 
seems that Kirk Cousins uh, seems to like that when it comes to uh, Mr. Jefferson. I like him a lot, but yeah, I just, man, I can't wait for Chase yeah. to get in the league. And, and it's Justin Jefferson didn't have like a monster game last week, but it was, you know, it was a, a primetime game against the Seattle Seahawks, one of the best teams in the NFL. So like, I, I'm yeah. not reading that too much into that game. And we know how, how Kirk is with these primetime games. Like he just doesn't tend to perform uh, as well in these, but this is a noon kickoff. Like, I'm, I'm firing Justin Jefferson up this week. And for the Falcons, Matt Ryan was absolutely awful last week. Oh, uh, man. Calvin Ridley still had a monster game. Todd Gurley with just a monster game out of nowhere. It was, it's worth mentioning that it was against Carolina Panthers uh, over the last two seasons. No team in the NFL has been worse against opposing running backs than the Carolina Panthers. So I, I'm not saying this is like a, uh, Todd Gurley's back performance, fire him up every week like he's the fantasy MVP from a couple of years ago. I, I, I don't think that. He, he was great last week, but uh, you're, you're not going to get that matchup every week. And the Vikings defense hasn't been particularly good this season, uh, but I still don't. T- Todd Gurley's like a, uh, a flex play for me. He's not a guy I want starting as my running back two every week if I can avoid it. But uh, I understand if you don't have anybody else who's going to get that much guaranteed volume. Uh, and Calvin Ridley is obviously in your lineup every week. If Julio goes, Julio has to be in your lineup. Um, Russell Gage, coming back from injury, was not involved in the game plan, really. Olamide Zacchaeus, who was a really popular waiver wire pickup last week, he was not really involved. They're, they're just they're matchup-dependent flex plays if you're desperate. And this is a matchup where you could probably play those guys. Uh, but uh, Zacchaeus, definitely not involved for me if Julio's back in this game. I mean, are you really, you're not, you're not back on Todd Gurley yet. You're still making him prove it to you. No. Okay. He's been, that's, I mean, he, I had like a 35 yard touchdown run the week before. Yeah. But it was again, again, it was against the Panthers. The Panthers are the worst run defense in the NFL this season. They were like a record breaking bad run defense in the NFL last season. Like they're just, they're on pace to shatter like every defensive record for being the worst run defense for two straight years and so everyone can run on them everyone can find success running on the Carolina Panthers so I'm not reading too much into that Todd Gurley performance like I'm not saying oh like if you could trade Todd Gurley right now if somebody else is buying into that go ahead and go trade him because I think that's Todd Gurley's ceiling this year I I don't think that he's going to touch the numbers that he put in that get put up in that game again this year okay I'm just you're just very angry towards TG. No, I'm not angry. I'm just being a honest. Bit. I mean, Todd, I, I, I love you I guys. Like you guys had a, I, I feel I like you guys fan- had a tough breakup. I won a fantasy championship with Todd Gurley not that there long it is. ago. Like, See, I, I, I love Todd, and I haven't had him on my team since, thankfully, uh, because okay. it, it has not been great. I think somebody drafted him, and you got upset about it. Now you hate him because he's just not with you anymore. And then he got he no. declined in his career. I, I will say that I, I would expect Julio Jones to play this week because he, I hope he was. Oh, well, I mean, and they do this every year with Julio. You know, he was game time decision and they were saying early on the week. Yeah, we don't think that he's going to be ready to go this week. And he, he might need another week. But then they, of course, said, no, he's going to test it out pregame because Julio knows his body better than anybody else. And then, of course, Julio didn't play. So you, you had to wait till game time to find out if, if he was going to play or not. And then he didn't. I do think that that's a good sign headed into this week that he'll wind up being back on the field, so hopefully he'll get some production out of Julio. Uh, another game that I'm really excited for this week, the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I'm not excited for the Browns players, although the Browns, my Browns, coming out of nowhere at four and one. Not even I expected this start to the season. After after oh, now you're now after, you're back on the Browns. After dropping to zero and one against the Ravens, they've been incredible, and in that Kevin Stefanski run game is ridiculous. Uh, but the Steelers defense is legitimately one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they they've been insanely good against the run. Particularly, although they did give up that like seventy-six yard touchdown to Miles Sanders last week, that was that, was, or I think it was a seventy-two yard touchdown. Like that, that was just kind of a fluke. Like the Steelers don't really do that. It just it happens to to you sometimes. And Miles Sanders just caught him sleeping for half a second and took it to the house. So like I, I'm not going to read that much into it. You're still starting Kareem Hunt with no Nick Chubb in this game. I don't think you can bench him, but you're. I think you're just kind of hoping for a touchdown because I don't see the yards there. No, but if they do get down uh, late in this game, you will see the performance of Kareem Hunt go up because he'll get a lot of uh, he'll get a lot of checkdowns from Baker Mayfield. That's for sure. I think Kareem Hunt. I'm starting Kareem Hunt moving forward in any league that I had because Kareem Hunt is doing exactly what I believe you. Another thing that you and I said would happen because I don't know if it was you or, or myself, but Chubb has always had some sort of injury. And Kareem Hunt finally had a full year where he could get with a team, not have any suspensions, get on board at the beginning, and that if he ever got the opportunity, that he would take it and run with it. And so far, now, granted, the matchup's been a little bit easier than against Pittsburgh, but Kareem Hunt's going to have a lot of target shares. He's going to have a lot of volume in games, and he's going to potentially put up almost 15 points a game because of the way that he plays football and the talent that he has and if he can get back to his level he's a top five running back in the NFL well and you know last week against Pittsburgh he had 20 carries he had 72 yards on the 20 carries and that but that's worth noting that uh the Indianapolis Colts defense has been really really good this season and their run defense is really good going back to last season it's a top five run defensive unit in the NFL and they're facing the same thing this week with the Steelers so like you know I'd still expect him to get 20 carries uh, and you know, if he manages 80 yards and a touchdown off of that, you're, you're, you're thrilled about it. I, I don't know if he's going to get 80 yards there, but he's still going to get, I would imagine 15 to 20 carries on top of some of the passing game volume. So you're still starting Kareem hunt. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, I think is a start for me this week because while the Steelers defense is really good, they have been exploited a little bit out of the slot. So I think Jarvis is a guy you can take a serious look at. And I think you're still playing Odell this week because he's, you know, he he's not he had an okay game last week, but it wasn't the the monster performance that he had the week before. But what is trending in the right direction for Odell is that he's getting more and more targets every week, so he's getting at least more and more opportunity, which early on in the season he wasn't getting. So I'm still starting Odell with with, with the chance that he's going to at least get a touchdown against the Steelers. Yeah, it's good to see that that Mr. Mayfield. And, uh, and Odell have that connection because when that connection's on, you know, just imagine being Baker Mayfield and you're throwing to one of the top two or top three best receivers in football. It becomes, uh, becomes very easy to do your job when you have that on the field. And it seems like we've seen a surging rise in Odell's performance. I don't know, in the last couple of weeks. Um, and it seems like he's kind of finding his place now on that team. I know that sounds weird because he's a professional athlete, but you know, it definitely wasn't there last year and it wasn't there the first couple weeks of the year this year, but it seems like the volume and the targets and the on the same page type of cliches are there for Baker and, and OBJ. And, you know, 
Big Ben, as far as the Steelers go, you know, their their passing attack is really good. But Ben hasn't been particularly great. And and he did throw three touchdowns last week, but his yardage output just hasn't been there. Uh, he's not throwing the ball downfield, really. And he might take a couple of deep shots a game. That That's kind of what had me worried about his elbow coming into the year. It just seems like we're starting to see the legitimate signs of age from Ben. But Deontay Johnson got hurt last week. There's a chance he doesn't play this week. If he does not play this week, I think you absolutely have to start Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster because the Browns secondary, it was like this last year too. They just have a ton of injuries. They have a boatload of injuries right now that they've been dealing with all season, and their secondary is just not that good. Like You can pass on their secondary. Their pass rush and their run defense has been really good so far. But you can pass on this team. And so while Ben isn't really throwing the ball downfield, I think Chase Claypool, he's not going to have four touchdowns this week in all likelihood, but I think he's primed for another big week. I'm starting Chase Claypool everywhere I have him, and I've got him in a couple of lineups. Look, Chase Claypool is a freak of nature. Ben Roethlisberger knows that. It's not going to take him very long to realize that he can do whatever he wants with this receiver when he throws the ball. Anywhere in his vicinity. Um, I'm going to tell everyone right now that you should just start Chase Claypool every week moving forward from here on out until he proves you differently. Because he is, as some people said in his combine, he was almost like Calvin Johnson-esque. And I know that in combines, we always want to be like pump the brakes when we compare people. But last week, he was the best player on the field and he was so dominant. It was like, driving by a little league park and you see that one kid that like hit puberty before everybody else. And they're just better than everybody. And that's what chase Claypool looked like last year. And if there's any team that knows how to draft receivers, it's the Steelers. And it just happens to work. Juju had a little bit of a down game last week. He's up and down this week, up and down on the roster this year when it comes to like fantasy numbers. But I'm like you, I think that Deontay Johnson, he went from start to sit just because his injuries have just consistently arose. Like it was, it's, it was a concussion. Then it was what, like a foot. And now it's his back. So Deontay Johnson kind of scares me. I kind of would take a step back on him. Juju. I would start chase Claypool. I would start moving forward. And uh, if those are the two guys, you know, Ben's going to throw it 30 times again. Well, the, the thing, the only thing that concerns me about Juju is that even with Deontay Johnson injuries, he's still not getting a ton of volume. Right. And so, that scares me, but he scored touchdowns. So I think you still have to play him because he's still getting those looks. And if Deontay Johnson goes, I'm still putting him in my lineup. Like he He's still the number one target wide receiver on this team. I still think that they absolutely love him and they want to get him involved in the offense if he can just stay on the field. So if he plays, I'm still putting him in. And I actually would play Eric Ebron this week too. He's starting to get way more involved in the offense and he's going to have uh, some value moving forward. So I would actually, and, and the Browns are one of the worst teams in the NFL against opposing tight ends. So, Eric Ebron, in play for me this week. Another game that I really like, the Detroit Lions at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game, no, this game, this game has fantasy upside all across the board. DJ Chark might not play in this game. That's a little worrisome for the Jags passing game. Uh, you know, I love well, DJ Chark. I want Chark to get healthy and get right because I think he's a stud. But LaVisca Chenault... My guy has 170 combined yards in the last two games. That's He's right. getting much more involved in the passing game. 
He's getting much more targets from Gardner Minshew. This, he is on the verge of a breakout, just like Chase Claypool was on the verge of a monster breakout. LaVisca Chenault, this is an incredible matchup. The Lions secondary is one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Everybody can pass on them. If Gardner Minshew is going to have a monster fantasy performance, it's got to be against the Lions, and it's a home game for the Jags. I love LaVisca Chenault this week. Yep, couldn't agree more. That's my guy. Love the guy's name. Love the way he plays. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew kind of really found out that he can't be one-sided when it comes to throwing the ball. So he had to figure out who else other than DJ Sharks on the field. It's clearly obvious that him and Chenault have the, uh, a little bit more of a connection than anybody else when it comes to uh, other than DJ Shark. And that's something that you like to see. That means he's got, a, he's got another option. And if one is out, then you know the other one's going to be heavily favored. Yeah, and and Keelan Cole, if DJ Chark doesn't play in this game, Keelan Cole's another guy that you consider could consider putting into your lineup. He's been getting enough looks from Minshew. Uh, he's got a couple touchdowns on the year. Like, this is a favorable matchup. This is a matchup that the Jaguars should be able to put up some points in. And James Robinson had a down week last week, but I mean, he's just getting so much volume, and he's still been producing for the most part. You're still putting James Robinson in your lineup. Uh, and then as far as the Lions go, I love Matthew Stafford this week. The Jags' defense isn't good either. Like, uh, that's why I think this game has, like, quiet value shootout potential. I, I That's why I'm actually excited to check this game out on Sunday. I love Matthew Stafford. I love Kenny Galladay. I love TJ Hawkinson. He hasn't been getting a ton of targets, but everything that Matthew Stafford throws at him, he's been catching and producing with. So while he's not getting enough volume, that's got to go up sooner or later because he's just catching everything. Like, Matthew Stafford just lobs it up at him. And TJ Hawkinson comes down with it every time. So I love TJ Hawkinson and Kenny Galladay this week. And Marvin Jones still just hasn't done anything. So I can't I can't condone putting Marvin Jones in your lineup. I don't care at all about this game, so I have nothing to add to that. I I mean, it it's gonna be fun. It's not. It's, it's gonna not. be a fun football game, and I am I excited. Hope it's Seventeen to six. I hope that's the final score. <laughs> no, it's it's impossible. It's impossible okay. that's going to happen in this game. Okay. Uh, a game that I do know you care about is the Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'll let you open this one up. I mean, this could be tremendous. I mean, if they can get these Bucks players back on the field, I, mean, I know Ronald Jones has been pretty decent this year. This is Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. So I think there's a little bit of spunk on both sides. Um, I'm not sure what Chris Godwin's update is. I know today was Wednesday, so there's still a couple more days for him to get evaluated to make sure to see what he's going to do. Mike Evans can have a big game. This Packers defense is sneaky good, so it's kind of worrisome, but it's also like this just feels like one of those like Montana versus Elway type of games where one is clearly kind of still in a little bit of a sprinkle of their prime, like Aaron Rodgers and having a MVP caliber year. And the other one is clearly past their prime, but still has that tenacity, that fire, and that, uh, that desire to want to put up numbers because we've seen it this year. Tom's already thrown five touchdowns in one game. So you know that type of play is there. Um, I don't know if I'm – I don't know if I – it depends on where your quarterback depth is, but, I mean, Tom Brady has the, the ability to do that, three, four touchdowns. I know this Packers defense, like I said, is sneaky good. Um, but uh, – on the Packers side, you know, maybe Devontae Adams is back. And if that's the case, 
you know, Alan Lazard could be back. We saw what Aaron Rodgers could do with one of them in the roster at, this, at one time. With two of them on the roster at the same time, Aaron Rodgers could get even better. And, of course, I think I, I know it's tough to run against the Bucks defense, but I think you absolutely have to start uh, Aaron Jones as he's just kind of been like a, a low-key just ride or die with you all year this year. Yeah, and there's been a lot of talk about the – Mike Evans touchdown regression and it's going to become crashing down to earth again because you know he hasn't had the massive yardage output that he normally has but he's been get, catching touchdowns like crazy and I mean my argument to that is so what are you going to do bench him because he's had a few games where he's only where he's had less than 10 yards but he keeps catching touchdowns no you're going to keep putting him in your lineup because I'm going to keep riding that for as long as I can like if Mike Evans winds up with 16 touchdowns, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I think there's a chance he could wind up with something ridiculous like that touchdown total because what we're kind of seeing is that Brady's basically using him the way he used to use Gronk. Like, yeah. the the Bucks just don't use tight ends as a part of their offense. I know Gronk's caught a few more passes here in the last couple of weeks, and he's been a little bit more involved. And once Godwin comes back and that offense is at full strength, you expect him to be heavily involved and and Scott Miller's been fine. But Mike Evans is the dude. Like and, and Brady knows like when Gronk was in his prime, just get in the end zone and I'm just gonna throw it up to you. And and he's done that over and over again. I, I don't see why he would stop doing that. Like he's gonna continue to do that. So I think Mike Evans has is gonna have plenty of opportunity moving forward to continue to score these touchdowns at a ridiculous rate. Look, Mike Evans has too much upside and you guarantee drafted him way too high to be like, you know what? I'm pissed. I'm just not going to play because then you know what happens? He has 10 for 135 and two touchdowns. Yeah. And like his, his numbers are absurd. Like he had a Thursday night football. He had five catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Johnson, actually rookie Tyler Johnson actually led them in receiving yards last week, but that's, it was a tough matchup against Chicago bears defense. He's got two games over 100 yards, but he's scored at least one touchdown in every single game. Like, yes, he's eventually going to have a game without a touchdown. But I don't think that that's going – I don't think that his touchdown rate is going to drop dramatically anytime soon as long as Brady keeps doing the same thing with him that he used to do with Gronk, which was just, yeah, you're – once we get in the red zone, you're – I'm going to you because I know you're just going to – out physical everybody and you're just going to go get the football and so, so i i think that mike evans just needs to be a lock in your lineup uh no matter what moving forward even if the yardage totals continue to not be there um and as far as the running game goes ronald jones back to back really really strong starts we just know what ronald jones is like he's a guy that he can carry the workload on the ground for you and, and in between the tackles and stuff like that and he can put up yards and he can look really strong that way he's just not a receiving guy He's just not a guy that can be involved in the passing game. So, like, yes, he loses a little bit of value in PPR leagues because he's never going to have the significant involvement that way. But that's just not what he does. Like, but if he can get you, you know, 80 to 100 yards a week, you're still putting him in your lineup. And Leonard Fournette, I think, is going to return to practice this week. So he could be back involved. Uh, They wound up making him active last week, but then he didn't even, he didn't even see the field. Like, he was just, like, kind of an emergency if they needed him. Uh, But... I think Ronald Jones has kind of set himself apart a little bit the last couple of weeks. I still think Leonard's going to be involved moving forward, but as long as he continues to produce in their ground game, I don't see why they would just move away from Ronald Jones drastically 
and start plugging in Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I think that's just a running back of my committee and that uh in that offensive scheme. And I don't I don't really know if I want any part of it because every league I'm in is a full point PPR, but I'm like you, if Ronald Jones is, you know, fifteen for eighty five and a potential touchdown a week, then you know, I don't know what other running back too can get you that more consistently. Uh, this actually just coming out when the Patriots return to practice on Thursday, quarterback Cam Newton is expected to rejoin, rejoin the team that would put Cam Newton on track to start Sunday versus the Broncos. Woo! There you go. I needed that bad. I got Cam Newton in a couple of leagues and I don't have any other options. I need Cam to start. Uh, so that's big news. Uh, no official ruling on whether or not he's passed his like COVID test, but to return to the team, you have to pass multiple COVID tests or negatively in a row. So I would assume that he's on track to do that or he has accomplished that. So Cam Newton, put him in your lineup this Sunday, especially if you're a Dak Prescott owner in multiple leagues like I am. Uh, but back to the Packers-Bucks game. Uh, you know, if Chris Godwin goes, you got to put him in your lineup. Um, and then as far as the Packers go, I mean, I just – how how are you going to – you're not going to bench Aaron Rodgers right now. He's just doing it with whoever's out there. And th- this Bucks defense is sneaky, sneaky good. And I was talking about that before the season started, that I thought this Bucks defense had potential to be a legitimate top five unit. And they've been really, really good so far. They did have a significant injury uh, with their nose tackle, but uh, they, they, they've still been really good. But I'm still putting Aaron Rodgers in my lineup. Aaron Jones still going into your lineup. Um, if Devonte Adams goes, obviously he's going to be in your lineup, but what I'm curious where you lie with these other Packers pass catchers, because we know Alan Lazard's hurt. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, their tight end, Robert Tanyan came out of nowhere last week and had a monster game. He was a popular pickup. I'm not picking him up anywhere. I don't think we really shared our thoughts on him. Um, but what about Marquez Valdez scaling? Who's been wildly inconsistent his entire career. He's, Seems like a, a foolproof boom or bust option. But against this Bucks secondary, he is the type of player where, like, you could see him break off a 60-yard touchdown. Yeah, I think it's tough, though, when it comes to, like, the Packers and their wideouts just because it's, you know, it's that confusing question of who plays if it's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is going to hog the shares. And then if he doesn't play, it's just a crapshoot of who do you think is going to get the next options. And – Valdez Scantling always screams the answer and then you plug him into your lineup and it's somebody else. So I, for me, it's more so like if there's a Packers receiver out there that you see on the waiver wire that you think you could pick up and stash and just, you know, use that as like a gamble. That's the way that I would look at Packers receivers. And I would just go find one, put them on the bench and then, you know, just sit back and look and watch. And if they become like the target of Aaron Rodgers and these other guys stay out longer with injuries, then you've succeeded, and if they don't, then you can just drop them because I'm sure it wasn't very expensive for you to pick somebody up in that regard. Yeah, I, I'm still just – if I don't have Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones, I'm not heavily attacking any no. of the Packers' pass catchers. Although, I mean, Jamal Williams was heavily involved in the passing game last week. He's a guy that if he's available in your leagues, especially in PPR leagues – I would probably go ahead and add him because we've seen Jamal Williams carve out that role before. He he did it early on last season, and then he kind of got uh, riddled with some injuries and it slowed him down a lot in the back half of the season and just kind of became Aaron Jones' backfield. But Jamal Williams is a talented pass catcher, and so 
you know, if Devontae Adams is healthy, I'd expect him to go, and it sounds like he is going to be able to go in this game because he wanted to go last week. I, But I would still – I'd add Jamal Williams to the guy that I at least want on my bench because I think he's going to continue to have a growing role in the passing game with their lack of, of consistent pass catchers. Yeah, and the way injuries go, it could just be a, a bookmark of a save too. Yeah. Uh, so before we get out of here – Let's let's take a quick look at the Chiefs and Bills game on Monday afternoon, I guess. It's Monday at 4 p.m. Uh, obviously, you know, we don't need to go through this every week with the Chiefs. You're starting Mahomes. You're starting Clyde. Uh, although some of you have been a little disappointed by Clyde. I understand that, but I, I think the production's coming. Uh, but Kelsey, Tyreek, in your lineups every week. Where this could get interesting, though, is that Sammy Watkins, there's a strong chance Sammy Watkins isn't available in this game. He's expected to be out a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Are you firing up McCole Hardman against a Bill secondary that got torched by the Titans last night, but they were playing without their best corner in Tredavious White? Well, if you were ever going to play McCole Hardman, this is the week to do it because this is also a week in which Andy Reid got an extra day to plan for a team, and they've also had to – I think the Chiefs had to had – to, sit down, really look at the gameplay instead of say, well, we survived, we can keep doing the same thing because it is apparent now that there is a scheme that they're using against this offense and it's kind of working. Um, So there's something that needs to be adjusted. And without Sammy Watkins, I would lean more towards McCole Hardman than I would towards like a Demarcus Robinson. Um, And this is an offense and in a second year where, McCole Hardman's got to start making his name. He's got to start making his imprint on this offense. And if he can do that, he can get more involved. And if you gain Pat Mahomes' trust, you can see what that can do for you. Just look at the numbers that Kelsey and Tyreek put up. Now, granted, they're, you know, five-star athletes, but McCole Hardman is, he's no slouch of an athlete. He's still a 4-2-5 guy. He's still got good hands. He runs routes. He's getting better at it. But, uh, you know, if you were ever going to start McCole Hardman, this is the week to do it, in my opinion. I think that you can start him, but I don't think that Sammy Watkins' absence drastically changes his potential outcome. Like, I, I still believe that, you know, and Sammy's been solid this year. Like, Sammy's been that, you know, solid safety blanket, like just first down wide possession wide receiver for the Chiefs this year. And so that's a significant role that they're going to lose. And we've seen in the past, Without Sammy, Sammy means a lot to this offense. Even if he's not putting up huge stat lines, we've seen them get slowed down a little bit. Now, if Javius White plays in this game, you expect him to to be on Tyree Kill for the most part and you know may, maybe move around on Travis Kelsey or something like that. Um, but the Bills secondary outside of him, they have some legitimate question marks. So I'm still putting Hardman in my lineup because I do think he's got plenty of potential to to break off a long one. But I don't think that you should all of a sudden expect him to get like nine or ten targets because I think Demarcus Robinson's still going to be heavily involved in the game plan. Like I, I just don't see him coming in and all of a sudden getting like the ninety-five percent snap share that Sammy Watkins has been getting so far this season. No, but I think that if this is a, I, I mean, it's more so like I think he gets six to seven, and I think that if there's seven opportunities and one or two of those he could take for. 65 yards and a touchdown. I think that's why I would play him. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Force to Punt podcast. I'm Steven Serta. He's Dusty Likens. You can join us each and every week uh, as we try to help you navigate the fantasy football season. 
And we should have a fun week coming up. Dusty, real quick. Yep. Are, are you starting Andy Dalton this week? Man, who does Dallas play again? The Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, fire up, Andy. <laughs> fire up, Big Red. All right. Fire up the Red Rifle. That's from Dusty Likens. Uh, follow us on 610sports.com at 610sportskc and everything that we're doing on the 435 Podcast Network. And you can catch me every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on Fantasy Football Sunday. We'll talk to you next week. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.